It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. We just, uh, we're going to be chasing our Twitter tails here in a second. And that's <laughs> kind of right in our, right in you and I's wheelhouse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what Twitter's for, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. For, for wild and reckless speculation. Exactly. The best part of Twitter. Exactly. All right. So coming up on today's show, we are going to get to some of our All 22 notes. Uh, after Lane and I both got a chance to sit down and watch the film today. But before we do that, uh, about an hour before we went on the show, uh, there was a Twitter uprising for uh, for some news for the Cowboys as uh, somebody asked Des Bryant who he is going to sign with soon. And Des said that he would like to re-sign with the Cowboys. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. But yes, Des Bryant would like to return to the Cowboys. Uh, we've spent all afternoon now debating whether or not the Cowboys should bring him back, whether they can make it work, whether it's a realistic possibility. So I thought that we would talk about it on the podcast. So Landon, I will throw this to you. First of all, do you think the Cowboys have any interest in re-signing Des Bryant? Well, that's a, that's a very difficult question to answer phrased like that because it depends on who you mean by the Cowboys. Cause you know, it's I, a great, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, I think, you know, if you're talking about Jerry Jones, I feel like Jerry Jones probably wouldn't have an issue uh, uh, signing with uh, re-signing Dez. I think, uh, I think you know, certain factions inside the the locker room probably wouldn't have issues with it. I think certain factions may have an issue with it. Uh, you know, look, it's a. Comp- Who do you think would have a problem with it? Let, let me just stop right there. Who do you think would have a problem with it? Oh, I I don't know for sure. I just I mean I, I mean I know that they've had problems. Some people have had problems with it before, and and I could s- clearly say that it you know maybe the wide receiver coach could have problems with it. He spoke highly of Des Bryant That's before, true. but but 
that doesn't necessarily mean that you know. Look, we all saw what was going on in that lo- in that wide receiver room, you know, and obviously selective editing was happening to make it more dramatic. But at the same time, like, you know, clearly the relationship with Des Bryant and Dooley affected Dooley's ability to coach the other wide receivers. I, I don't know how it couldn't, just by the nature of the relationship that they had, and just by the way that the wide receiver group that has stayed since last season has talked about the what Sanjay Lal has done. I don't remember any point any of those wide receivers going out of their way to talk about Derek Dooley. Other than Des right. Bryant saying, hey, no, it's fine. Dooley and I are cool because of three or four different instances where it looks like Dooley was screaming or that, that Des was screaming at Dooley on the sideline, which which he was. Um, so that's why this whole thing is an extremely complicated you know, equation because, look, uh, I mean, I, I don't think my opinion on who Des Bryant is as a player at this point in his career has changed in these last five weeks. You know, I don't – I think that he – is a guy who is extremely in need of a career revitalization as a someone who's got to work harder on his actual technique because I think that a level of he's lost right. a level of explosion that has uh, you know that kept him at the top of the league as far as receiving you know in a lot in certain you know categories for a long time. Uh, and I think the only way to kind of continue on as your career advances past 29, 30, 31, if he wants to keep playing that long, is to uh, become a savvy route runner, um, to use the what what skills that you have physically that won't diminish. And for, for Des, that's the body. You know, I think he needs to become more of an Anquan Bolden type receiver. You know, where you can rely on him to be where he needs to be. He can catch everything. He's got a big body. He doesn't necessarily need to, you know, be as explosive down the field as he was if he could be a better short and intermediate route runner. If he could be a better, uh, you know, a little bit more savvy with his ability to, you know, get out of his breaks and just get open, uh, you know, create separation uh, with route running as opposed to... Uh, thinking that you can out athlete all these corners, um, and, and again, uh, the thing I, I think that I still feel like is that I do not want to get into a uh, back into an offense where we are relying on Des feeding a whole bunch of targets to Des with the idea that he's going to consistently beat one on one coverage. I still have not seen anything that is going to make me think that this guy is the type the guy that was he was like two or three years ago where if you put one on one coverage he will make you pay for it there was still too many times in the last season and a half that we've seen where he got opportunities and uh and it basically never materialized for him because he he couldn't beat simple one on one coverage on the outside so now, i don't Des will chalk that up to him being injured and having to play through injuries and we know he's he's had some pretty significant injuries so if he's healthy or healthier do you think that could change anything at all here i mean again i i think that i think it can yes i mean i think it can help his play to a certain degree but but again like uh, he is not who that guy was. Okay, like that's like I don't think that that I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the injuries definitely p- 
played to, you know, kind of that decrease. But, I mean, let me just throw it back to you. How long do you expect him to, to be completely healthy once he gets into the games and starts playing again? I'm not saying he's injury prone, but I'm saying, like, to say that he's was injured, like, all these guys are going to be injured. And if he decreases that much, you know, like, on um, – you know, be, with with a lower body injury that he may pick up on the season, is is it going to be the same thing when that happens? You know, when he gets injured this year, right? So, I, I, my, I, my point my is, thing is, is maybe go ahead. I just, I just want to finish my thought. Is the, the, I think the whole thing to me is that I'm okay with bringing him back. You know, obviously at a reduced cost. I mean, the, the, that's the starting. But on top of that, in a reduced role, like he needs to understand that, like. He he can be he's going to be part of a rotation. He he may be a large part of that rotation and be you know get bumped up to the, near the top of that group, but at the same time he needs to understand that he is not the focal point of the offense as much as he was anymore. And if he's willing to accept those terms, I'd love to have the guy back because I like him. Uh, but he needs to have you know an attitude that matches it. He needs to be able to go out there and and try to you know improve his game in a way that will be conducive to a veteran receiver who's you know who's, who's lost just a step but enough that you know it's it's affecting a guy who's a complete athlete to, to the point where you know he wasn't at valued at the price that he currently had a salary at first of all the the fact that we're even having this conversation puts a big smile on my face because we both love Des. I, I think when yeah, you absolutely think of- yeah when you think of Des, you think of one of the true Cowboys and how much he loved being a part of the Dallas Cowboys. And the fact that we, are, we can even have this conversation again is at least somewhat fun and entertaining to me. Now, on the field, uh, I do think there was a situation where you can have him be useful. Uh, you look at last week in Week 4 against the Lions. The team really struggled in the red zone. They are now relying on guys like Rico Gathers and Michael Gallup to make big plays in the passing game. And we if we know nothing else about Des, it doesn't matter how banged up he is or whatever, he's still one of the best red zone receivers in all football. So I think if you're practically talking about how he can make an impact on this team, if you just use him 20, 25 snaps a game, like you said, put him in a rotation, let him work on third downs and in the red zone, don't use him as your down-the-field threat, I think it can work. And I think... I think it helps Des now that maybe he, you know, he didn't have to go through a off season where, he, you know, he's putting miles on his body. He didn't have to go through a, a physical training camp. He didn't have to play the first, you know, half of the season possibly. You know, you, you might be able to keep him fresh for the, you know, the the final eight to ten games of the year, and maybe you have somebody that can really help and contribute to your roster. Do I think he's ever going to become the player that we saw in 2014? No, I think that Dez is gone, and that's unfortunate, but I just don't think he's ever going to get back to that level. But could he be a player, you know, the same player that we saw at the end of 2016, where if you have eight defenders in the box, he's going to win one-on-one coverage uh, on jump balls. He's still going to be a 70-30 guy on back shoulder fades and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I still think that player's out there. So I am at least curious to see if uh, if the Cowboys do have interest here. Um you know, I think Jerry Jones obviously loves him. I think there's been a little bit of a change of the tune from some of the other front office people uh, outside of Jerry. It's going to come down to the coaches, whether the coaches sign off on it. Obviously, the captains, the, we know that the Cowboys, uh, they're going to ask Dak about it if Dak is okay with it and that kind of stuff. So 
uh, I, I, I would love to see a reunion. Um, part of me just doesn't think it's going to happen, but he uh, needs, we'll see. Any final thoughts on Des? He needs to change. Like, there are things about him that he's got to change. Like, I, I think that's... And I think maybe this time off has helped him. May, maybe. kind of even but, mentioned to that. But my point is, is that what, you know, this is all hinging on can he even be a part-time player? Like, that's the other thing about this is that I think, you know, is the unknown is that we've seen Dez struggle when he doesn't get the ball a lot. When he doesn't get, he, he, he has a hard time at times producing without, you know, a, a, a volume of targets. That's why there's the, the thought process has always been with him. Like if he's not, if you're not getting him going, we got to get him going and they keep feeding him targets. Can he thrive on five targets a game? Four targets, six targets a game. I I you know? think if they're the high, if they're the high, I don't want to say volume. Um, you know, if they're targets that are in the red zone or on third down. Yeah, maybe. Like if he if he catches two passes for twelve yards and a touchdown, I I think he's going to be okay with that, don't you think? I I mean maybe, but 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 I mean again, this is this isn't the deciding factor. This is part of the equation. So you, now we're saying, yeah, he maybe could become that guy. And that's without all the conditions of, oh, also, there's history there. Oh, also, what's the money that he's going to command? Oh, also, you know, what's the, the, the chemistry element that's going to be added in there? And I'm, again, I, I, I'm adding a lot of negative on here. But I, and I shouldn't. No, no, no you're I, doing it from just context. But my point right. is, yes, exactly. That is that is that to me, it's I I would love for Des to come back in, in all the ways that I just suggested. But again, there's a lot of different needles that needed to be threaded, <laughs> you know, that 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 could make it happen. Sure. Now, and I, I'll say this: Bryce Butler came back, and Bryce Butler, I feel like, said maybe worse stuff than Des did about players on the team to a certain degree i don't know maybe worse but just and he's a lesser player yeah a lesser player Uh, yeah well that actually may work against des because of the you know but i don't know like that's my whole point is that i i think is it possible absolutely 100 percent is possible i think des bryant loves the dallas cowboys and always wanted to be a dallas cowboy so the idea of him going to another team he hated it probably even more than we did so i think that if he's willing to take a reasonable deal um they're going to have to cut somebody, so they need to figure out the money there. Uh, but if he's willing to take, you know, a reasonable deal, and then again, like I said, be willing to be a probably top end at eight targets a game guy, unless you know, unless he comes back rejuvenated and he's a new player, I, I you know, that there's a lot of conditions there that there's a lot of there's a lot of give that each side is going to need to. To, to give to each other in order to make this relationship work again. So it's just, will are both sides willing to do that? I have no idea. All right, let's really quickly, I'll throw out two different scenarios, and you tell me if you do either one. Uh, the Cowboys can uh, cut Alan Hearns and save about $6 million over the next two years. Would you prefer to have Dez over Alan Hearns in the cap space? I, I mean, how much am I signing Dez for? Say it's half of that. Say you get him for three million for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, I'd probably do that. Okay, all right, yeah. that, and that's and if those he's are good with similar if, type. Of- if he's good with Hearns' targets, I mean, if if we're just talking about swapping Hearns for Dez, yeah, I'm okay with doing that. Okay, uh, the next one. How about cutting Deontay Thompson, which would help you gain a fourth round pick, a compensatory pick. Now you lose some speed on your offense, but you do yeah, pick up I don't think. 
I don't think I, I'm, I don't want to, I'd like Deontay Thompson a lot. And I think that as a guy, I, even though he's an older guy, I think he's actually ascending as a, as a receiver because he's only gotten the opportunity to be an actual receiver these last, I don't know, two or three I, years of his career. And he gives you yeah, special teams I, I value lo- that I think is, is probably not replaceable. And it's the speed element is, is, it's too much for me to give up, I think. I, I don't love Thompson, but I think the idea of cutting Hearns and replacing him with Dez makes a lot more sense because you're basically just upgrading that spot and maybe saving a little bit of money. So I'm okay with that. We need to take a break. Let's pause so I can tell you guys about my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site is so easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past. That's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we've got about 10 minutes. I want to talk about some of our notes that we have from the All-22. And speaking of the receivers, uh, you had a very interesting note about what the receivers did in the run game in Week 4. So, Landon, go ahead and tell us what you saw on the All-22 film. Well, I, I mean, this is actually kind of a larger note for the season, too, because I feel like it gets missed, and I, I haven't I, – I notice it, and I, and I don't mention it. I forget to mention it because it's not a – it's not a flashy thing, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like despite their struggles, I mean, at times uh, at receiving and getting on the same page with Deck, I think the wide receiver group is very good as a whole as blockers. And I think we've seen it time and time again, whether it be Hearns, but, you know, and I think Deontay Thompson is a very, very good blocker as a wide receiver. Uh, yes, and, and, and then I think, you know, a, t- a couple different times now, and I mentioned it during training camp as well. Tavon Austin is just a dude, man. Like he just does not quit. And no matter, he is tenacious. He'll he'll get after you. Like they, you know, people were laughing about you know motioning him into the formation and getting him to block. But that is, uh, you know, that that's that's nice strategy because you do, you, you you get a matchup that you like because they'll deploy a guy to cover. They're not putting a linebacker on him. So when he motions in, he's got a guy he could probably block. And even then he, he blocked the linebacker on, on one of those runs and they got a couple of bad shoulders with a bad shoulder. So, you know, I, I just feel like, uh, uh, you know, this wide receiver crew as a whole deserve a little bit of credit there. Uh, you know, some, 
kudos. Uh, you know, now look, they still have some work to do <laughs> as receivers and getting on the same page. Right. I, I do feel like there was a couple different times that uh, you know Darius Slay got the benefit of a doubt uh, while being an experienced cornerback and and the, keeping the flag in the ref's pockets. Um, but I do feel like at the same time the Cowboys, you know, receivers have to get through that. You know, they gotta get, they gotta work their way through that. You know, the that contact and find a way to make those catches. Um, so that was just my note. Yeah, they really, they, they really don't have a bad blocking receiver. I mean, no. Gallup is still working on it, but Terrence Williams, we always obviously know, is really good. Alan Hearns is not afraid to be physical at all. Uh, that's obviously a trait that they they care about with the receivers because they are so run heavy and they they do want to they they want to be in eleven personnel and they want to be able to come down and you know they need to motion a, a receiver in that they can do that if they need one to cut a linebacker they got to have a guy that has the the physical ability and the want to to do that so uh, good note on on the Cowboys receivers there um, really quickly we talked about Leighton Vanderesh yesterday I went back and watched the film. And my goodness, he was flying all over the field. All there was over the one place. play. <laughs> there was one play that I don't even think the stat keepers caught, but he he kind of knifed right in and tripped up Legarrette Blunt. And I oh. don't remember who actually got the tackle. Yeah, you no, remember seeing I, this play? I remember the play. I had to rewind. I, I, if we're talking about the same one, like I had to rewind it three different times because I realized that Vanderesh had made the tackle, but I cannot for the life of me figure out how he got there like it's it was weird because it was obscured by like a couple different bodies but he was somehow able to like knife through a couple different guys and get at his feet it looked like is that the one you're talking about exactly yes yeah i don't know how he did that like there was not a really good angle on how he did and i'm like wow it was incredible he is just such an incredible athlete like I mean, that, and listen, I'll tell you what, I had a, a great time at the draft. I mean, there wasn't, uh, there's a lot of different kind of cool individual experiences that I, I had. Uh, but one of the other cool opportunities as well is that when Leighton got drafted, I got to stand like about a foot away from him while he was being interviewed and, and you know, with the press gaggle. It, it was a pretty cool experience, but. I'm here to tell you, Leighton Vanderesh is huge. Leighton Vanderesh yes, looks like a defensive end, you know, and and he's he's super tall, and he just looks like you're right. We talked about it yesterday. He just looks like he would be incredibly stiff, and but uh, the guy plays like he's six one, two twenty five, two thirty, and flying all over the field. Like it's just crazy to see a guy with that body size fly around the way he does. After the game, there was a picture, and it makes me laugh because it was so funny. There was a picture of Tyrone Crawford, Leighton Van Der Esch, and Theo Riddick uh, all standing next to each other. And if you look at the picture, it looks like Leighton Van Der Esch should be like the defensive end, defensive tackle. Tyrone Crawford should be your linebacker, and Theo Riddick looks like a guy asking for autographs to those two players. Because, <laughs> uh, the, I mean, Leighton is huge. It, it was just, it was fascinating that that's the guy that was having to cover those running backs and having to cover those tight ends. And yeah, it was it was a it was a fun game to rewatch. That's why I'm not I, obviously Sean Lee is great. And he's a better player than Leighton is right now. But I'm having fun 
you know, watching Van Dresch and studying his film. So yeah. for the Cowboys' sake and for Sean Lee's sake, I, I hope they don't rush him back. I, I, those hamstring injuries are tough. Let him get 100%, even if that means having to miss the next month or so until after the bye week or whatever. Van Dresch is fine. He's not going to kill you. He's not like the situation we had last year at linebacker where you felt like when Sean Lee left the field, you had what, maybe one other adequate linebacker in Anthony Hitchens? I mean, Jalen Smith played okay at times, but, you know, you just didn't feel like you had the depth there. I, I don't feel like that's the case anymore. Well, I, I'm excited to see what Van Rush can do. Go ahead. Well, just the other thing here, too, is that, you know, I think the what we need to remember is that with players like him, they're in motion. Like, this isn't – this. you're right. that we're, we're, you know, We'll definitely survive, you know, Without Sean Lee, it looks like with with Van Der Esch. but at the same time, he's also going to get better, like markedly better, sure. as he's getting snaps and snaps. So, uh, not only will that gap, you know, disappear eventually, there could be a point by the end of the season, maybe the beginning of this year. Because let's let's be honest, we haven't seen Sean Lee be f- full Sean Lee all the time this season. You know, like there's been one one drive of it so far. Yeah. That's all I've seen is one drive. And and so, you know, and and I'm not saying he's not going to get there. I have full faith that when he gets back, he he could achieve that and suddenly it's just fine, you know. Um, But my point is, is that as, you know, that this is happening, everyone's, every player's career arc is in motion. And that's something to always keep in mind with whether evaluating these teams in the preseason or a whole bunch of different stuff is just realizing that all these players, whether, you know, now it may be happening at different speeds, you know, like a young player may be accelerating up the hill of, of how they play faster than a veteran is declining. But you know what I'm saying? Like there, all these players are at different points of their career and it's, it's always in motion. So, and, and to keeping that in mind, Van Der Esch is clearly an ascending player. He's been ascending at very, you know, breakneck speeds up, you know, I mean, just, you, we talked about it yesterday. I mean, how many 11 on 11 football games this guy has played and he's already, you know, a starter in the NFL. 15. Yeah. And, 15, and, 15 starts in 11 yeah. on 11. So, football. I mean, you know, look how good he's gotten just in those 15 games. So, uh, you know, I think the NFL season is 16. So I, I think that, we, you know, we, there's a very real chance that we're going to see this guy go get a lot better really quickly. I mean, he kind of already has, and, and, and there's not really any reason to think that he, he can't be, get better, you know, and, and, and continue that. All right, our last note, and I'm going to embarrass you a little bit on this one because oh, of right. all the tormenting that, that you do, uh, t- torturing that you do to me on Twitter. So, uh, pre-show, Lena and I were oh, discussing man. some of our notes and how we are, <laughs> we are going to do this show. It, we're going through everything, and Landon says that uh, I thought Dayton Jones had a really nice game on uh, on Sunday. Well, Dayton Jones was placed on IR after week three oh, uh, due to his hamstring injury. I meant Fortnite. Uh, I, he had a really great game of Fortnite, <laughs> and he played really, really well. Yeah. Now, I've, the, the, I've, the Cowboys – that's all right. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of slack on this one because the Cowboys change these defensive linemen. They change these defensive linemen all the time. These guys' numbers change a lot. Uh, but but I got the uh, num- he was actually got the t- <laughs> you got the number wrong. So it's, not only get the number wrong, but I got the number that I was confusing wrong too. That's that's the worst part. So yeah, that's I, okay. I had a problem. The good news is go ahead. Go ahead. The, <laughs> I was gonna say the good news is 
you were right that this player played well. Yes. Uh, which player were you talking about on Sunday? I was speaking about Karan Reed, who, uh, you know, first of all, I was happy to have Karan Reed added to the team, so this is triply embarrassing for me. But beyond that, too, I, the, the problem originally is that I had problems in training camp confusing Dayton Jones and Jod Ward because 56 and 51 and just because they have kind of similar body types. And so uh, I somehow managed to transfer that confusion to a third party who had now occupied <laughs> John Ward's number. But uh, no, yes, I definitely was. And, and yes, you're right. Dayton Jones is on IR. Of course, it's been a very long week for me. Uh, but but okay. yes, uh, so I, I apologize to you. And thank you so much for dragging this out on. Uh, <laughs> no, I definitely deserve this. I, <laughs> I, I do stuff to you on Twitter all the time. That's, That's okay. <clears throat> um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, yes, but uh, the larger point is Karan Reed, I thought, had some very good snaps, uh, including some where he was very much resetting um, the the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, he his punch was definitely jolting uh, the centers whenever he was getting opportunity. He was moving well. Um, I, I, you know, I think that Reed is – there wasn't a lot of expectation – um, for him, just because of the method all. <laughs> method of which he was uh, acquired. Um, but I mean, again, like this is a guy who I think a lot of us all liked coming out of out of uh, on the draft, and and he kind of bounced around to a couple of different teams and just not had any success. So, but at the same time, this is also a guy who feels like could be a Marinelli special, right? A guy you know that was talented who really just needed. Uh, somebody to you know be Marinelli to them and kick their butts to the point right, where right. they're getting the production out. Of. And again, this is a guy who fits our system really well. He's a you know kind of he's a one technique for sure, but he's you know kind of a more of a speed guy. He's not a uh, 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 you know like a big sloppy hog molly like nose tackle from a you know nineteen seventies three four. You know this is a guy who's trying to get in a sure. gap. So uh, yeah, I think I think. Uh, I don't know if if he's long for the. I don't know if this is a guy that they're going to consider to to cut uh, with the uh, return of David Irving or what the the roster moves are there. But I liked what I seen of David Re- of, of of David Reed. Golly, I'm having a hard time. Karan <laughs> Reed uh, so far, and I hope uh, I hope they find a way to maybe keep him, maybe kind of kind of keep him as that back end uh, nose tackle. Yeah, their defensive tackle situation is going to be really interesting over the next couple of weeks because uh, David Irving comes back, Tyrone Crawford is there playing three technique. Uh, you mentioned Karan Reed, Antoine Woods uh, is going to potentially might miss a few weeks. Uh, what happens with Malik Collins? Where does he play? Uh, we we know about their best defensive lineman in Daniel Ross. Um, <laughs> I, I'm joking about I'm joking about Ross, but uh, I, not, pro not football focus is Daniel Ross. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. 14th best interior defender in the league on 81 snaps. <laughs> oh um, they absolutely love his run defense. So it's just going to be an interesting thing over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a very fluid situation. Just kind of keep an eye on what happens. Uh, and that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Is 
your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.